What's up, guys? We just wanted to say thank you to our sponsor for um, sponsoring our podcast, Shaping Up Nutrition. Thank you so much for, for doing what you guys are doing to the community and also taking care of us as our first uh, first sponsor, big sponsor. Um, without you guys, you know, we obviously couldn't get these awesome guests on our show and to talk as well and smoothly as we've been able to. But Shaping Up Nutrition, they're inspiring and impacting the community through nutrition and empowerment. Shaping Up Nutrition, healthy and delicious on the go. Jordan, I know you've been working with them for a long time. What do you think about them shakes, man? Yeah, I've been going there for seven or eight years just because, one, their shakes are delicious. Like, I love brownie batter, and it's like it's like almost like licking it out of the bowl. That's how good this shake is. And it's healthy. Like, what? I can't get any better than that. I usually go there probably after workouts. I used to go there almost every day, like, just because the atmosphere of that club is is amazing. The people behind the counter are just fun to deal with, fun to hang out with. We can talk about nutrition, sports, politics, anything and everything. They're just a couple of people that are so personable and so much fun to be around that it makes you want to keep going back again and again. And that's what we like to hear. We like to hear going back again and again. I know Shaping Up Nutrition loves you guys' business. City of Wichita, you guys have done them some good. Remember, check them out. Check out their shakes. Check out their teas. Check out their vitamins. Check out what they, they want to help you. They want to help you succeed and they want to help you with the healthy lifestyle guys go check them out if you haven't checked them out check them out now they're all over the wichita many different franchises different names but shaping up nutrition all compacted into one one great company great people they got great values and even better they got great nutritional values difficulties <laughs> no worries don't worry i have everything under control okay good start video don't worry we got it hi guys hello <laughs> All right, so Alex, Stephanie, this is my buddy Daniel, my co-host in this Intelligent Nonsense. Daniel, this is Stephanie and Alex. How are you guys doing? Good. Pretty good. Yeah, playing video games before you called us, so you know. Oh, okay. Hey, that's not a bad way to start Wait, what video games? (laughs) It's Dr. Mario, so you know. Super stressful, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you guys get enough of the doctors at work and like... (laughs) Now you're gonna go play. Can't get away. Can't get away. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's that's funny. Is that uh, is that for the Switch or what is that one for? 64? It's actually on the Nintendo 64. Hey, okay. Dang. Old school. It's addicting. It's a little bit of a problem. There have been yeah. some choice words said in competition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know the feeling. I think uh, whenever me and Jordan and our buddies play, I think uh, there's some friendships almost lost. <laughs> That's yeah, okay. it's, it's a true test. I think that yeah. was Stephanie's boyfriend's plan from the beginning. He gets a little jealous of how much time we spend together, so. It's going to use Mario to bring a divide between you guys. Yes. <laughs> ah, I see, I see. Those dang Purcells always having little little motives behind everything. Yeah, they're thirds. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, guys, we appreciate you coming on. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen, I heard some of our podcasts, but um, from what we kind of like to do is we just like to have fun, you know, interview people who seem to have interesting jobs, interesting backgrounds, um, things that people want to hear about. I know, um, you know, in the nursing world, in the, in the medical field, people always, I think, uh, associate 
you know, medical things too, like Grey's Anatomy or like <laughs> some of those TV shows, right? But you guys are actually like in in the mix with some of these things, especially being in the ER, you guys are actually seeing some pretty crazy things. So, um, you know, this, that's definitely something we like to hear about. We want to know, we want to know more about what you guys do, your backgrounds. And then, you know, we have a lot of listeners that, um, you know, like to hear about these interesting things. So that's kind of why we were excited to really bring you on, talk about some of your guys' experiences and obviously, you know, have some fun doing it. So. They, fun. they might have asked the wrong people. It's going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why don't we do it real quick just if you guys want mind introducing yourselves kind of where you work uh, how long you've been doing it and just a little bit about yourself and we'll get started from there absolutely you can go first for me sure um my name is stephanie i am a nurse uh, in the er at st francis i work like a mid-shift from noon to midnight and i've been working there since july of 2019 Mm, okay. um, so I have a little bit of experience under my belt, but there's still a lot I'm learning. So, mm-hmm. yep. And then I'm Alex. I'm Stephanie's roommate and best friend, and I work at Wesley Medical Center in the <laughs> ER um, since July of last year. And uh, I work day shift, usually 9 to 7 or 7 to 7, depending on the day. Mm-hmm. Oh, so we're going to get the best of both worlds, and we're going to hear about the <laughs> ER in the daytime, and then we're going to hear about the ER at night. So we're going to get to hear a little bit of the both both sides of things. That'll be interesting. Special place. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what? Like, one thing I like to ask a lot of like nurses or just people in the medical field is, what kind of drove you guys to want to work in the medical field or become nurses in the first place? Well, I have some of the youngest of six and most of my, all of my siblings are in the medical field. So that definitely was a big push for me. Uh, it was something I was familiar with. And when I went into nursing school, just the more I learned, it was just practical knowledge that I knew I was going to apply later on. And I love helping people. Um, so that's really what led me into it. And I love the ER because it's a little bit of adrenaline and a little bit of, a little bit of everything. Um, and it's never, there's never a dull day. So that's, that's what got me into the medical field for the most part, I would say. Yeah. I went into college thinking I was going to be a teacher. Like they had like the student orientation weekend before you get there. And I like sat in on a teacher information session. I was like, Mm-mm, tap out. I don't think I can do this. So <laughs> I was like, this sounds awful. So I went to a nursing information session because I'm a girl from the Midwest. And obviously there's only two options for career choices. Um, so <laughs> got a pyramid scheme and guys, I'm not good at selling stuff. So um <laughs> So I went to the nursing information session and honestly, like after that fell in love, um, sounded incredible. The idea of being a nurse. And then, um, I actually really love nursing school. I'm one of the weirdos that like thought it was fun to go to class. Um, and I liked volunteering at the stupid, like underclassmen, like, you know, meetings. meetings and stuff. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> so yeah, I just, yeah. Also same. I like taking care of people. Um, I never thought I would end up in the ER. Honestly, most people who meet me, my coworkers call me sunshine and bubbles. Um, (laughs) Honestly, you picture most ER nurses as like heavily tatted, like, I don't know, middle-aged men, angry people. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, that's kind of like, I got into nursing and just fell in love with it. And obviously I have, I've seen all of Grey's Anatomy and, you know, and then some, so, um, also just love the medical field and all the adrenaline and weirdness that comes along with it. Yeah. That, that, that's kind of funny as you said that, cause you know, I, I think people do, th- you know, like EMTs, you know, police officers, mm-hmm. night, you know, night nurses or the ER nurses, the, <laughs> the thing you guys have to deal with, you know, that probably makes people think that you have to be like hard nose, like just 
you know, you're desensitized to some of those things, right? But to have someone like, you know, like your personality, maybe that's a good change, right? Maybe that's something that they need to have in there so that way everybody's not just like, oh, shit, here we go. We have, we have more things we have to deal shocked. with. Yeah, when I come in, I'm like smiling and they're like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what made you decide to be like, uh, I'm very, I think it's very funny though, you were, you went to a, a teacher's orientation type informational meeting. What was it that you were just like, oh, no, sorry, I'm out. Well, we can't do this. What, what, what were some of those things that you were like, ah, I can't do this. It's not for me. Um, hmm, the stuff that I was like, no way, Jose. Hmm. Yeah. I think just like getting the teachers who went up there and were talking about it, were talking about just like the different grades you could do. And they were like, I was like, oh, I don't know. None of these sound super fun. I'm like, high schoolers sound like jerks. <laughs> Little kids sound like messes. Um, and I don't even know why, like I went to clinical and thought that was fine, but student teaching, the idea of that sounded awful. And Oh man, lesson planning and how much you have to do outside of like, yeah. I love leaving my work at work. I, yep. I love the fact that I come home and I'm like, okay, tap out. But my poor teacher friends who bring home, they're like piles of grading and tests they have to make and emails they have to answer when they get back. I think just like, I didn't get all of that in the, like that little session, but I think I, I saw my life flash before my eyes and I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, nope, can't do it. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's and what's funny is you guys both chose. So you have, obviously you tried the teaching, but you guys both got into a field where that's a very stressful field. You know, you either we're going to do teaching, which is very stressful and crazy. Mm -hmm. You have to be a certain type of person to do teaching, but then you also <laughs> chose another <laughs> field, which for both of you guys, it's the same thing. It's if you're, if you're a nurse or you're a medical field, you're the same thing. It's you have to be a certain type of person to be able to handle the day-to-day -day things that you guys are seeing and dealing with, you know, that that's just crazy. So kudos to you guys though, for real. Cause we've had a couple other medical people on. We always like to say, Hey, you know, very thankful for what you guys do. Cause without you guys, obviously we'd have, it'd be less and less people who are able to do what you guys do. And it's crazy. And it's very, um, how would you say it's like, uh, it's very honorable what you guys are doing. So it's awesome. Well, thank you. <laughs> I think we need that, especially right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> most definitely. I agree with that. I think we were going to start like a campaign to call it like nurses with capes and let you guys just wear capes all the time. But I figured that probably would get in the way of your work. And <laughs> <laughs> anything else on me i can't it's see so past hot. the face shield i like contacts with my glasses keep fogging up <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so like one thing I, i'm always interested in is like for like in uh like especially like in the er like that's always fast paced and everything's moving quickly so that's got to be tiring how do you guys keep your like energy levels up or how do you stay focused throughout like, like a ship without just like mentally breaking down like every so often <laughs> What I have noticed, um, you were kind of talking before about just how crazy the work can be. Is I, I wouldn't have been able to do it without my team, especially on mm -hmm. night shift when I was a new nurse. There was so much I didn't know. And, when, you know, we actually, it's pretty bad. We get excited when a critical patient comes in. So, like, a bunch of nurses there at once. So, you're never alone, and that helps. Um, I usually carry a cliff bar with me. <laughs> So it gets me through a lot of it, and I've just started drinking Monsters, which is probably Gosh darn it, I drank a Monster the other day too, Stephanie. So, <laughs> um, that's like the the little things that get me through this shift. Mm -hmm. But also just knowing I have days off helps yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. David, go away. <laughs> Sorry, Stephanie's boyfriend is in the background listening Sorry. to this, so. <laughs> Hi, David. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, geez. Energy-wise, um, we are some of the most unhealthy people probably nurses are. Um, so it's been definitely a learning curve going from when I started 
and like my habits, like trying to be more of a healthy person um, and keeping the energy. I get lots of sleep. Stephanie, I can't necessarily say gets lots of sleep. I am big on sleep. So I usually, I work, if I work at nine, I go to bed at like 11, I get up at seven um, and try and like have some time in the morning before I go to work. And then like trying to like drink water throughout the day and like use the bathroom. We forget a lot of the time. So you get out of a critical room. You've been in there for two hours. You know, you may not have, are there days I've literally not peed all day or like I get to the end of the day and I'm like, all I drank was my coffee this morning and I drank like a monster at lunch. I'm like, Oh shoot. (laughs) Um, And so like trying to, I guess, keep some days you really do need the energy drink. You need like that extra pep to get through, you know, the 10 hour, 12 hour, 14 hour shifts um we're working but then like just also trying like I have they started giving me students they give me capstone students um from like nursing schools who I help teach and I actually tell them the first day I'm like okay keep me accountable we're gonna drink water we're gonna use the bathroom we're gonna take care of ourselves because if we don't do that like we can't it's not sustainable maybe one day we can do the super long shifts with the energy drinks but you do a couple of weeks of that and yeah. you're just exhausted hating your life yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, especially with right now, and I know we've talked to a few other people, you guys are kind of, you guys are either going to be short staffed because people are getting sick or you guys are having to take on, you know, when someone does get sick, you guys are having to take on extra, extra shifts and extra, extra hours. So yeah, having that as like a, you know, that, that's, that, that just can't be a sustainable lifestyle. And yeah, that makes sense for you guys to, you know, probably start to break down. You need a, you need a real break, you know, sleep, eat right, drink right, things of that nature. But it kind of brings us into one of the things, you know, one of the huge topics right now is obviously COVID. Obviously, you know, that's something that everybody's talking about. Kind of sucks that that's all we're talking about, but it's something that people want to know about and we don't know enough information about. Um, It seems like there's so much information out there, but there's not there's not one thing I think that we've, you know, the community feels that we can really go to a source and figure out, Hey, this is what's happening. This is what's going on. You know, this is, this is real. People have their own scenarios, their own ideas of what's really happening. They read things and then they automatically assume that's real. They don't really take facts for facts. They have their own opinions. So what are you guys really seeing in the ER? That's something we like to, we like to ask you guys since you guys are seeing it firsthand. What are you guys really seeing? What's, what's happening? So I guess we can't like claim to be epidemiologists or infectious no. disease doctors or anything. You know, we yep. can just tell you <laughs> a testimony of like what work looks like right now. And yep. um, it's kind of been like a fluctuation. I would say both of us experienced at the very beginning of COVID, back when all the quarantine started, the hospitals emptied out. Like it was like nobody was there. People and, were afraid to come into the hospital mm-hmm. for good reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we are seeing like a lot less patients. That was maybe like two, three weeks when we were getting sent home from work, you know, because it was so dead. Then like it started going back to normal. um, And then it slowly started going up. We started getting more staff and more um, patients back in the ER. And then I would say we got a backup to about like our regular normal capacity of patients um, and busyness, I guess. And then I think COVID has started getting worse since then. It's way worse than when um, it first started out when everyone was first scared, but everyone stayed home then. And now, no, really, you know, I'm not going to claim to be any type of perfect about wanting to stay home and not go see my family and my friends. And but I think the past couple of weeks especially have been really hard and really um, busy. I took care of two COVID positive patients yesterday who were ICU holds. Um, We just didn't have the ICU beds for them. So I became an ICU nurse for the day, trying to get done all of their orders and trying to keep up with all of their drips and their blood draws. 
and it's it's stressful and it's hard um and i think we get a lot of also what's we call them puis people under investigation a lot of people who come in with coffee of their shortness of breath they like screen positive for the questions so we have to put them in an isolation room we have to gown up which that just makes the whole process of being in the er take longer yeah and it's it also makes you um it's hard because you you're kind of trying to avoid wasting ppe and Mm -hmm. trying to avoid trying to get everything done at once in the room and so you're not really seeing your patients as much as you're used to, which is difficult mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's been difficult. This is honestly the worst I've seen it right now. Um, just a lot of people coming in to get evaluated. And what I've noticed, I don't know if you've seen this, is that they're not very critical right when they come into the hospital. They mm-hmm. usually come in before it's really bad, um, which is good, yeah. but um, it's it, it just, there's, rooms with people are trying to come in right now i mm-hmm. i had a guy the other day who was he's like in his 50s no other um medical problems but he just his cough just sounded horrible and he just he just looked awful um mm-hmm. and it's just people like that where you're nervous to send them home but if they don't have any um big red flags you can't keep them because you have space for them so it, it's just a very difficult time um because you want to take everybody um really good care of them but it's just it's just difficult with the PPE and with um, just the scare of, of getting what they have and then yeah. losing a resource in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So because losing yeah nurses, that's one thing that's been hard is having nurses out with COVID um, and doctors out with COVID and trying to keep that staff when already like, you know, there's a nursing shortage just in general. Yeah. But I've seen with people with coronavirus anywhere from like, they have zero symptoms. I've had people who we randomly come in and test just because like they need surgery or they get tested just because like, Oh, there's a tiny, tiny chance maybe. Um, Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) A tiny chance they have it. And then they, then they're positive for like literally no reason who they're like, I feel fine. Mm -hmm. And then I had a guy come in um, yesterday who was sick and just like really didn't feel good. Um, Wasn't really necessarily coughing or short of breath or anything. And I put the little pull socks on him. And I'm sure you all now know what pull socks are because everybody has one. Do you have one, Jordan? Jordan has one. Jordan has one. (laughs) So, yeah, it, it, like, I think that keeps his mind sane because he, he <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah I had a guy who came in and so I was just asking him to question some I was in my full PPE and I put the pulse socks on his finger and he was 40% oh, holy Jesus. crap 40% oh, oxygen <laughs> 99 that was, so <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my Grey's Anatomy moments like that was you know those don't come very often normally it's much more chill but that was one of my I turned to my student I'm like go get the doctor like <laughs> that was one of the very stressful moments Jeez. and he was okay we made it okay but yeah like what? just anywhere my barely has the sniffles to like holy cow they might need to be intubated type of yeah. patients when you see that and you see someone with that 40 percent oxygen oh that's pretty bad so when you mm-hmm. see that you say go get the doctor what's your guys's next steps for that what are, what are you guys doing are they all right get them some oxygen do this do that like what do you what's that kind of process like well, usually for people that have low oxygen, you start with two liters nasal cannula, try six liters, then you have to go to non-rebreather, which is 15, mm-hmm. and then you have to use a BiPAP, which is like a, a tight mask on your face that pushes air into your lungs. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the final step, the one that we try to avoid, especially with COVID, is intubation because a lot of people have a really hard time coming off of the ventilator, um, which mm-hmm. is kind of the end game for them. Yep. So we really... I. We're not intubating very many people mm-hmm. with COVID in the ER. Yeah. Um, and respiratory therapy is, is a godsend for us right now. Yep. They, they know a lot more about this. They're in the <clears throat> unit working with them. And what they, a lot of times what they'll do is they'll say, okay, we're comfortable keeping them below their healthy oxygen level. 
you know, sitting at like 85 to 88%, which, you know, normally you don't want, mm-hmm. but it's, it's better than the alternative of, of putting them on a ventilator when they, when it might be worse. Yeah. Uh, on putting them on a ventilator, something I was seeing and reading was that if they get put on a ventilator, like you said, it's kind of the end game. It's like, okay, we have, we honestly, like, this is you, this is life or death. This is really, we are trying to save you. Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons I, you know, you mentioned that usually when they get on a ventilator, they have a hard time coming off. I did read and again, you know, I'm not, I'm no medical expert. I'm not even a nurse or anything like that. So this is just me reading and trying to understand information. They, they were saying that people's bodies, when they get put on a ventilator, it's like their body then kind of starts to shut down on their own. So then instead of their body being able to keep up the oxygen by themselves, like normal, normally we do, it's like it almost, the, the body sees, oh, it's doing the work for me. I don't have to do any work. So then the ventilator kind of, it, it, it essentially is like, it, it's like, okay, I don't need to do it myself. The ventilator's going to do it for me. So then when you take them off, the body doesn't know how to create that oxygen itself anymore. Does that seem to be, is that kind of what you guys are talking about there? It's, it's hard for us to say because a lot of times, um, when we ventilate, when we put somebody on intubation, they go upstairs pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So we're not usually on the other end of extubating them and seeing how they do afterwards. But what you're saying does make sense because um, it will take away their their drive to need to breathe, and especially when they're trying to deal with everything else going on in their body. I can mm. see where that would um, correlate for sure. And that's definitely what I'm hearing from some of our respiratory therapists. We work closely with a lot of them who they go like everywhere in the hospital. So I called them down when like, I was on 40%. Like that's what I immediately called respiratory therapy. We yeah. went, I immediately put him on a non rebreather mask. Cause that's about the most I could do in that situation. I got him up to like 70% oxygen with that. And then they, and he needed on BiPAP, but luckily like with him, BiPAP was able to get him to 95%. Um, and he was able to stay on that. And then there's obviously different settings for that. Um, but yeah, intubation from what I have heard from a lot of our respiratory therapists is people are struggling to be weaned off. Um, because that's what a lot of the ICU nurses are doing. Um, and with different diseases, you know, wean people slowly off the ventilator to them be able to breathe on their own. But with coronavirus, people are struggling a lot more than we've seen with other diseases. I see. So it's not just necessarily the ventilator, but it's also the ventilator plus COVID is making it harder for them to, for their bodies to readjust to that off the ventilator. Okay. That, that does yeah. make sense. That does make sense. It's kind of like when we talked to a, uh, was it the, the rad tech the other day, like she was talking about when they were doing chest x-rays on people that are like in serious condition or even people that aren't like in serious condition, like their chest would look like it was full of glass just from yeah. the infection. Yeah. So it makes sense. Like if they're trying to breathe on your own, but your lungs are still like trying to recover, you're not going to be recovering very quickly. Because a lot of times when you ventilate somebody or put them on a ventilator and they don't have COVID, it's because they can't maintain their airway, but it doesn't mean their lungs are the problem. Mm-hmm. So like it's, it's easier for them to come off of the ventilator. Like if somebody has an overdose or something like that, where they just can't breathe on their own, but wow. with COVID they're, you know, they have, their lungs are the issue. Their lungs are the issue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that does make sense. That that that's that's true. That if you did have to ventilate somebody, you're doing it for other more other purposes. But for this, the lungs are the are the whole purpose of that. So when they yeah. can't when their lungs can't get back to their own self or use you know utilize it themselves, then that makes it a lot harder to wean people off the ventilator. And that's why I have one of these because <laughs> I was I'm waiting for it to go under like ninety. I'm gonna be sprinting. Maybe not sprinting. Like Jordan's walking like, slowly. Uh oh, I'm not letting it get bad enough where they intubate me. I'm not. Doing 
doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh, that, that's crazy. Is it? Well, um, I, we did ask one of the other like that. We like, Jordan mentioned the rad tech that we talked to. She was seeing, you know, this looks like glass, broken glass inside people's lungs. <laughs> have Have you, since you're working really quickly with doctors, I'm sure doctors pop in when you guys need them, and you guys are kind of hearing some of the things they're saying, and mm-hmm. you're there, you're right there. Is there any pattern or anything you guys are seeing that they're when someone's in really really bad condition, like worse, even worse off than the guy you guys just mentioned, is there something they're quickly trying to do? Cause they're like, Hey, this is, this has been working. So let's go ahead and give them this shot or go do this or do that. Is there something you guys are seeing in a pattern like that? Not necessarily. Cause I feel like all of them are so different with like the illness and like the level of it. Um, but they, basically our biggest things is getting them oxygenated is like a number one. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know, Stephanie, if you're seeing a lot of this, mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of, um, blood clots. Yeah. Um, clotting is becoming a really bad issue with COVID. That's another issue it's causing. Um, I'm having really young people who are getting blood clots in their lungs, like due to this. And I, like I said, I'm no expert in this, but it's just part of the way coronavirus is working, um, that we are getting them to a CT angio. So a CT with contrast of their lungs, because, um, we need to know if they're having these clots and if they do, they need to be on blood thinners pretty quickly, um, to prevent it from getting worse. So I think that's the thing I'm seeing a lot of is obviously getting them oxygenated, getting them stable. Um, and I'm seeing from our ICU treatment, just cause I'm sadly having to see a lot of doing all the ICU treatments is, um, giving them, um, plasma because mm. plasma with antibodies against COVID, um, or people who don't have COVID so that like it can help their bodies fight it off. And then antivirals, um, uh, and steroids as well. Oh, and IV steroids. That's another big one to try and open up their lungs and, mm-hmm. um, increase that oxygenation as much as possible. Does it seem like with because uh, you know, opening up the lungs that's supposed to help with <laughs> not getting fluid build up right not not the buildup of fluids in their lungs are you seeing a lot of pneumonia cases because of COVID is it is COVID essentially like like just like if you have it bad you're probably gonna have pneumonia is that kind of is that yeah is that's what I've seen a lot of like the you know sometimes COVID isn't the problem it's the complications that come with it we see yeah. people that are diabetic come in with like seriously high blood sugars because their body just can't handle all of it at once mm-hmm. yeah. um, and so the, all their lab values are out of whack we see pneumonia we see mm-hmm. a lot of these pulmonary embolisms um and but like i said before at least for me thankfully we don't really see that like if i feel like we see less of the critical of the covid when they come into the emergency room yeah. but if they're coming in like from a nursing home and they've been sitting on it for a while a lot of times they are a lot more critical mm-hmm. I see. and we do see a lot of from nursing homes um because just like that's where it's going to fly around the quickest mm-hmm. um or just other groups i guess like that you know um that live together that's kind of just I don't want to be like, it's a dangerous thing, but it is because one elderly person with COVID, like it's going to spread through the whole place and Mm -hmm. they just aren't capable of fighting it off as well. Um, And I see like really young people who are, you know, really sick with it, but obviously like the elderly are going to struggle a whole lot more than someone like me or Stephanie who are pretty darn healthy for the most part. Is that, is that something, is that the MO you're seeing? Or I guess for, for healthy people, like let's say, because Jordan, I don't know if you guys know, but Jordan did get COVID um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> but luckily he's good and he's all fine. It was just a day and it was just something. Okay, for now, like we're knocking on everything. <laughs> yeah, for now, I guess. But uh, let's say, let's, let's use Jordan as an example. If someone came in that was like, hey, I'm just not really feeling too good. I am a little worried, a little, a little freaked out about this COVID thing. They come in. Is this something you guys normally do? Even regardless, of, you know they got COVID. They say they did they tested positive. Do you guys automatically do um get the respiratory people in on it do you guys do a chest x-ray or is it mainly just if they have severe symptoms 
it's I think we base our, our plan of care off of their vital signs a lot of times like if they are if their oxygen is too low um I would say we usually admit them to the hospital yeah. um, it's an automatic admission for yeah. us like below 90s if you aren't if you need oxygen you have to stay like okay. yeah. but you know, we, we do have people that come in with mild symptoms and they just don't feel good. You know, if they're running a fear, we'll give them Tylenol and just mm-hmm. kind of advise them on, you know, taking care of themselves at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of education on like when to come back in, when to yeah. call the ambulance. Um, and I feel like with us, like um, I was Wesley, at least I feel like we do a lot of chest x-ray, like as a yeah. basis, just to make sure like if they do have pneumonia as well um, or seeing if they do need any extra medications or anything like that, we might send them home um, kind of per the doctor's discretion on steroids, on cough medicine, on that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Because I think, yeah, we see a lot of not that sick people too, who just might need a little extra like prescriptions, pre- like, yeah. That's to help cool. them just to stay, you know, stay where they don't have to come into the hospital. Yeah, yeah I think that was that was kind of. I went to uh, the immediate care off of Murdoch behind Wesley uh, mm-hmm. just to get tested, just because I was like, I have a headache. Uh, I felt low, I felt more exhausted than I had before, so I was like, I knew something was up or some kind of virus. But I work with people that have like underlying conditions like diabetes, COPD, and I was like, just to make them feel better. I'm going to get tested because if not, or as I get this negative, I'm going to pop pound now and go back to work. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, they hit me with the positive And I was like, their main concern was like, all right, if, it, if your oxygen drops below like 88, like you can go to the ER or talk to them there or call mm-hmm. your, contact your doctor. And they're like, just stay home. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> I think I like messaged like nine different nurses and like all people. That I was like, I'm pretty sure I got a message about this actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I yeah, Snapchat you and I was like, hey, I have COVID. What do I do? And you're like, stay home. Like, got it. Got it. <laughs> it's like, I know people our age that are like, yeah, we're young, we're healthy. Like, and we do get it. And we're not like so much affected by it. Like in the sense that we're sick for weeks or like we're mm-hmm. serious, but instead of taking it seriously, I see more people like, oh, I got sick. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Now I'm invincible and I'm going to go out to the world. I think that's causing spikes to happen. Like, do you guys see more people coming in because they're not taking it seriously? Yes, and it's absolutely. Very frustrating when you get the people who are like going out, they're like, I don't care about COVID. I'm not wearing a mask. Like, I'm going to do what I want, you know, X, Y, and Z. And then they come in and expect, but expect treatment as soon as they're sick who come in and like, obviously, I will take care of anyone. I'm an ER nurse. I'm going to take care of, you know, the sweetest person to the biggest jerk and I have anything in between. Um, But it is frustrating when you get those people who like act like they're invincible, act like they can ignore COVID and it's going to be fine. Uh I had a patient the other day that we tested (laughs) who had all of the symptoms and um, refused to stay in his room and was just walking in the hallway. And it was horrible because it wasn't, it was, it was just like, you know, we have, we have cancer patients, we have really sick people that don't need COVID on top of that. Yeah. And he was you know, he was one of those people, he had mild symptoms, he didn't need to stay, um, that he was just not compliant. That, that's, that's the stuff that makes me angry and is really frustrating because it's not, it's not about you but at that point, it's about the other people that you're putting at risk. It's about the nurses yeah. that you're getting up in their face and everything mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I'm like, if you give it yeah. to your nurse, like your nurse, I go in and take care of, I took care of a one-year-old cancer patient the other day. Like that one of the saddest, like most heartbreaking type of patients you're going to see. And I really do not need my COVID patient, like, you know, refusing to put on their mask when I come in the room. Yeah. Um, and I've had some people who are so respectful who are like, I'm going to go stay home. I'm like, especially people, if you know you have COVID, like you need to stay home. You need yeah. to quarantine, even if you're pretty darn healthy. Um, and if you have symptoms, like 
just go get tested or do the quarantine anyway. Like if it's not going to make a difference in you getting tested, just do the quarantine. Like I totally understand you need to make money. You need to support yourself. Like all of that is so, so, so important. But, but like, you know, when it comes to like life or death, I think people, at least in my opinion, are so laissez-faire about the idea of like, if they're going to die, they're going to die until you're us, until you're me and Stephanie and you actually be up to the person who has to watch someone die. Mm -hmm. And at that point I'm like, it's even if it is a little old grandma who, you know, maybe has a do not resuscitate. I'm like, it, that's still a person. That's still a person who necessarily might've, who might've had some more time had you decided not to be selfish. Yeah. I think that's something we're seeing right now is the common sense factor that people have. It seems not to be there or they just throw it out the window because of, like you said, they, they feel, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I'm just gonna do whatever because I'm fine. And instead of really being considered and thinking about it, being respectful in a sense, in a sense is seems to be people's ideas just, they, for some reason, they don't want to, they don't want to be that way. You know, a lot of people that say the masks aren't, aren't doing anything. A lot of people say the quarantine is all just fake and this COVID stuff's fake and all this other crap. And, um, you know, then again, they, they don't want to wear their mask when they go into, I, you know, if I have to go to the store, I'm obviously wearing my mask and everything. Um, but there's a lot of people who still, they won't, they won't do it because they think it's whatever other reason they just, they just won't do it. They have their own reasons and they, it's usually kind of stupid, but yeah, it just seems like common sense isn't there right now. A lot of people just really don't care, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that, honestly. <laughs> and they're still going to yell at me and Stephanie in the ER about the fact that they have a cough. I tell you what, those people are totally going to do it. <laughs> oh, oh, 100%. They're going to, when they're, they're going to say this doesn't exist or they're not going to wear their mask, but then when they really need your help, mm-hmm. they're going to, they're going to flip the script real quick and then they're going to need you guys to take care of them. That's ridiculous. That, that would make me mad too. Just That's kind of like me and Daniel talked before just about like percentages and like, like I know for me, like I, I look at percentages, like just from my own mental health, I'm like, all right, you know, like it's not like a 50% death rate. Like, and so if I'm like, get it, like there's like a good chance I'm going to be fine. But then like I've had arguments at work for it because I work in a government building where the public comes in a lot and you have to wear a mask to be inside there and people were upset about it and they're complaining about it they're like you know if only one percent of the people die that's not as bad as like this or that i'm like if one percent of wichita passes away that's five thousand people chances are you're going to know one of those people so like mm-hmm. maybe not affect you but what about your family your parents your friends <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and i'm just like yeah people are so like like to focus on the statistics and you know i do too i can totally fall into that um and like statistics are statistics and like the facts are the facts but also like be a human, be a person with emotion and feeling and realize that there are people who are going to have to deal with the deaths and that, that people are me and Stephanie and like and the, the families that don't get to be there when those patients die. You know, I that's the most I awful have, thing. Um, one of my friends works up in like the, the medical ICU, which is our, our COVID unit right now. And she's, she's posted on Facebook a couple of times, just how awful it is um, to just like, you know, the only way that they're there is by holding up a FaceTime mm-hmm. camera. Um, and, you know, a lot of times with patients, it's, it's just, I just can't imagine that. That would be horrible. Yeah, so. yeah I wouldn't have to, I wouldn't want to deal with that. I know so me and my wife have talked about it because we have two little ones. Um, and that was something that I think concerned us was, well, what happens if my two-year-old gets COVID? Like, I, I think I've heard more and more. We talked to a nurse yesterday, she's or a rad tech yesterday, and she said she's not seen a whole lot of people under 12 that are really getting severely, mm-hmm. severely affected by this. But she says it can happen, but she has not, as the, as the uh, since this whole COVID thing has started, she said, I don't think she said she's seen one one or one patient under 12 that 
has had it really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so that made me feel better. But, you know, my thinking was, well, what happens if he does get it bad? I have mm-hmm. to take him to the hospital. I do not. I wouldn't have to fight some people to tell me, hey, you, you, you can't be here with your with your son. He's going to have to be by himself. But I, I just can't imagine. So my family has taken it pretty, pretty, you know, pretty cautiously, been really safe about it um, because I don't want to be put in a situation like that. So I can't it- imagine these families having to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And it's hard on nurses to like to, since COVID started, I spend so much time on the phone with family. Like I spend so much time with patients who even are suspected for COVID. We won't let anybody come back. Like if we're testing them just for their own safety and we are like, you need to not be in there. Like, which is so hard. Number one, to tell somebody I've definitely been called a few choice words and that kind of thing, which is like, they're having like one of the worst days of their life. Totally understandable. But then I'm trying to take care of their family member, which is taking a long time because I'm getting gowned up, dressed up, and my phone is nonstop ringing because um, my family member's calling me wanting an update. I have multiple family members calling me for the same person, um, wondering about things. And that's totally fine. I don't mind. But it really is hard um, in the ER when it is such a busy, fast pace that me and Stephanie have come home and commiserated that it's so hard because family members want 30 minutes of your time to sit there and go through Every lab result, every like, (laughs) and I would do, I would be that person. I'd be that annoying person, but it's so hard to take care of your patients when you're getting all those phone calls um, and trying to like manage all that on top of saving person's life. Or they get very frustrated when you can't call back for hours because a stroke patient came in and you have to give all your time. Yeah. 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 I think it's because people don't like, you know, this is a good, this is a good reason why we have you guys on here is that people don't really realize what's really happening, what you guys really do. Um, the reality of things, you know, like I said, people watch crazy anatomy, people watch these other hospital shows. I mean, uh, you, you'd hope they're trying to pick this real life things as possible, but you know, we don't know. You guys are able to explain, you know, Hey, this is what's really going on. This is what's really happening. You really can't, we can't argue what you guys are seeing. You know, that, that's why we like to have these conversations. We can't tell you you're wrong. Well, shit, you're seeing the people, you're seeing it happen right now. So I can't, I have no argument to argue with you about those things. I think, I think it happens a lot in the medical field is like people forget to humanize nurses and doctors. Like mm-hmm. you guys are real people. Like you guys are seeing things and it's not like it's not affecting you either. It's, it's something you guys are seeing and having to deal with mentally. Probably, probably sticks on your mind for a long time or maybe never goes away. And it's like, we're over here just like, well, my one family member matters the most to me. And it's like, you guys are trying to take care of like 15 people at once. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> that's, it's, it's really difficult to on like personal lives as well, because yeah. my parents are very, very cautious of COVID. And there's been so many times that I, I just can't come home anymore. And I just, I really, honestly, I haven't seen them that much in the last six months since this mm-hmm. all started. Um, I have a niece that is, uh, she was born premature and she's just got a lot of illnesses she's dealing with. And I'm, I don't anticipate meeting her until like next spring, honestly, just for her safety. And, you know, I, I don't, I, I could never live with the fact that I got her sick, you know? Yeah. For sure on our resources. And, oh yeah. See, and the people don't, people don't get that. That's another thing that's irritating because people get, you know, they get, they, I don't want to say they make fun of you or they make fun of people, but they, they don't understand. Like, why are you being so cautious, man? Like, Mm-hmm. Yeah. we're all going to get it at some point but it's yeah. like, but it's like believe me, I don't want to get it right now at this time like I just kind of want to see what happens wait till we actually know what the hell this is before we can just say oh hey it's just a, it's just another virus so that's the same thing kind of like how you're saying you don't want to you don't want to have that guilt thinking you went and visited somebody kind of irresponsibly 
And the mm-hmm. day you had it, not knowing you had it, because you're fine, but you gave it to an elder, you gave it to a grandma and grandpa, you gave it to a, a sick child who already has these underlying diseases and something bad happens, that's going to that's gonna be the worst feeling that knowing that that came from mm-hmm. you. That's the stuff that keeps us up at night. It's like really hoping we don't give it because I also, I have a brother who's um, a quadriplegic. He was in the hospital recently for something totally unrelated to COVID. He was at Wesley and only one of my parents could be with him at a time and none of my other brothers got to see him in the hospital. And like, luckily I was able to like swing by because I work, I work there and like was able to see him. But like, it's, I know how hard it is on um, people's families and everything, all of the restrictions and people get really mad and they don't understand. Um, But I'm like, firsthand, I'm like, I know how you feel. I know how much it sucks, (laughs) but I promise everything we do is like out of protection for people. And I think, yeah, people definitely dehumanize us as like healthcare workers. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, they see me sitting. I I don't know how often Stephanie sits at the desk. How much? We, how much time do we have to sit at the desk? <laughs> oh, wait, what, like, I've had like fifteen thousand steps halfway through the day. The yeah, <laughs> and so it's like we sit down. If I'm sitting down at a computer, like people think I'm just like I don't know if they think I'm like online shopping or something. <laughs> they don't understand. I have to chart every freaking thing patients say to me. I have to chart every medication I give, every complaint they have. I have to do a reassessment every hour of what's going on with them. So I'm like, if I get five minutes to sit down, I'm like. Tired at the speed of light trying to like get all my charting done especially the sicker the patient the more charting you have to do and the less time you have to do it yep. um is the more things you have to like for your own like sake you have to write down everything that happens or yeah it's bad you know like you need to write down what's happening um and so like if people come up to me like very family members frustrated like <laughs> walk up to me this has happened before and be like my grandmother has been waiting for a pillow for 15 minutes. And I'm like, she thinks we have pillows. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, ma'am, if I knew if there was a pillow around here, I would totally get it for you. But yeah. I don't like, it's a, oh, it's man, a different time. Of- yeah, it's a different time. We, we Unfortunately, it's a different time where if it was no COVID, I'm sure, yeah. you, I'm sure there'd be a pillow given within the last, you know, five, 10 mm-hmm. minutes, they'd have a pillow. But right now you guys, like I said, short staff, nobody really extra hours. You having to sit and write all these ch- charts down and then who knows you may only have like five minutes to chart and then you got to go and run to something else so mm-hmm. <laughs> they just don't understand and I, I i can be honest with you i think i i i have gotten that point sometimes too because my grandmother has been in the hospitals uh, many times within her lifespan that i've been around um so i can get that way too but it's different right now because it is a covid era covid era we're in a covid time i haven't had to deal with that in a covid time but before that it makes sense to kind of be like, hey, you know, can you, could you maybe get this for for something, you know, I need this kind of now. We've been waiting for an hour or whatever. But right now, I think people, again, just don't realize how much, how much things you, how many things you guys are really trying to take care of during this time. It's, mm-hmm. it just doesn't, it doesn't register yet. Because again, they're not seeing what you guys are seeing. They're not doing what you guys are doing. And that's, mm-hmm. that's huge. You had, they, sometimes people have to be in your guys' shoes to really understand what the heck is going on. And I think people like are obviously coming into our jobs are having the worst days of their life. Like they are having like they're not no 90% of people like don't want to be in the ER. There's a few who like I think kind of want to be there. Um, But (laughs) most people don't want to be there and like are having a really awful time. And I think they get a little upset when they don't see us being in as much distress as they are or maybe not taking it quite as seriously. Um, which like not, not necessarily, that's not what I want to say, taking it quite as seriously. Like someone who comes in for chest pain, if I've already gotten an EKG blood work, everything's looking okay. Or like maybe even something really serious is happening. Um, I'm like, this is, this is my everyday. I'm like, 
My everyday is watching people have heart attacks, strokes, sick, vomiting, or like someone, people vomit in front of me all the time. Like that's just my normal. And I think people are like, why aren't you freaking out more? Why aren't you running to get the medicine? I'm like, <laughs> you're not dying. I'm like, yeah, this yeah. sucks, but you're not dying. And the guy- Why aren't you matching my anxiety? <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be good. You don't want me to do that. I mean, that's so, like, like January and February, like, um, I was I was hardcore freaking out like I was like uh, like I was living with Daniel at the time and like he could tell you I would I'd be like up for like three or four o'clock in the morning going to work at like six just because I'd be in a panic so I was like I was seeing everything happening in Italy and China and I was like I'd go to work and I was like you guys we're gonna shut down everything and like I would call like my cousin that's in uh, Houston doing his residency and in, in infectious disease and I was like I have a cough I was like I think I got it I'm I'm like, like, yeah I'll be like, I'd be freaking out and like he would just be like so nonchalant about it. I was like, why are you not freaking out? Like I'm freaking out. And I was like, he's like, well, because like, we don't know a lot about it. So why freak out? <laughs> and I was like, well, I was like, you need to match my level. And <laughs> so it just, I don't know, the whole mental health part of it was always like a, a big, like a big thing I thought about a lot about, especially like with you two, like, cause I know Stephanie, you said you said you started in July of 2019, right? Mm-hmm. And then Alex, I guess, when did you start working at uh, Wesley? I started the week after Stephanie. Yeah. <laughs> we took the NCLEX a week apart too. Yeah. So it's like you guys are like like six months into being ER nurses and then we get hit with a pandemic. That's got to be... It's <laughs> 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 mine. Yeah. What, I'm, what I'm honestly what I'm worried about is um, I remember this time last year was the hardest of my nursing career because we had a lot of just respiratory sickness with the flu and like you know these these old people that get the the, the flu or pneumonia you know they they get really really sick really fast and so i'm just i'm worried about when the flu plus covid comes to us because our hospital resources are already being stretched with covid um what that's going to look like you know we're already transferring patients to other hospitals and doing whatever we can we're going on diversion just because we don't have space for patients um hopefully wearing the masks can make that better um hopefully that's stopping the spread of some of the other common illnesses that we have that we used to be able to handle but honestly like i'm it, this is going to be like a big, a big test for me in my career in the next couple of months when this goes worse because I've, I've been making worse in the last three weeks like substantially. Yeah, so I'm, just, I'm just worried. We're hanging on for dear life here, and like we still love our jobs, and luckily we have each other. I think that's been a big blessing. Mm-hmm. Is to like we don't work in the same hospital, um, which is good because we you know we already live together and spend most of our time together, but. Um, <laughs> But I think it's been a blessing to have another person in the first year of nursing, like struggle busting through it too. And like, I'm going to be honest, like mental health is super important to me. I go to therapy like either every other week or every week because we freaking need it because, yeah. you know, you guys, on top of- yeah. you guys are seeing all the craziest of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is that, is, uh, that, that's, that's actually, I'm actually kind of ex- interested to hear you say that. Is that the main reason why you started going? Did you start going when you first started the job or did you start going when COVID hit? Um, so I, yeah, when, you're right. It wasn't really more when COVID hit. I like, so I had been like in college and everything before, um, but I hadn't been in a while since like graduating nursing school and like going through it. But after COVID hit, like, I like I can go get along with Jordan like with the anxiety like it gets pretty high with everything that we do and everything that we see yeah. and yeah since COVID hit like I've just really needed it more and whether that's like online with my like telehealth with a therapist or it's going in person and wearing my mask and everything um, 
it's one of the reasons I can continue to go back to my job because we've had a substantial, the ER already has high turnover with nurses in general because it's hard and yep. it's exhausting and everything. But since this even too, I'm like, I don't blame a lot of the nurses um, who I've seen leave because you know, like part of it is like, why do, why come to the ER? Why work in such a difficult place when you could go do something easier? Like yeah. yep. Yep. get paid maybe as, like just as much or more, mm. or more, you know? Yeah. Man, that's you don't get that adrenaline rush. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Speaking of the adre- adrenaline rush, what other? I guess we can maybe we've definitely spent a lot of time on COVID, and it's yeah. kind of, it can get depressing. It can get not 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 fun talking about this because we're still in it. We're still trying to fight through it, and you know, Stephanie, like you said, hopefully this time you, I'm praying this time, you know, around the winter time that we don't we don't see a crazy spike, and that maybe it kind of just is the same. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I'm praying that nothing crazy happens. So we're praying for you guys make sure everything you guys stay safe but to get away from covid and to get away from something so so depressing um what are some of the other things you guys have seen let's say let's get away from that let's 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 say some of the other scenarios some of the other other gray's anatomy type situations you guys have been in well i my favorite line i say in the er is you you can't make this stuff up (laughs) um I've seen water bottles up people's butts before. I've seen well, not even for the first time. <laughs> I mean, the first time it has happened. I've seen a uh, guy come in that um, was vomiting blood, and he didn't know why, and none of us knew why, and uh, he didn't know he'd been shot in the face. Uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> um, he'd been shot in the face. Like you guys were like, dude, you're shot in the face, and he was just like, I don't know why I'm. Or he didn't notice because he was he. Uh, so out of it. Months ago, I was he, like, you got you got pre war. Like tell a little bit more about this. He uh, he came in by ambulance because he was vomiting blood. I think he was a homeless man, so he was already kind of grungy looking, mm-hmm. and he had blood on his face just from like the massive vomiting. And it was getting so bad that we were going to have to intubate him because um, he wasn't able to maintain his airway. Um, we thought he had like esophageal varices, which is this com- this condition where you basically bleed from an arteri- artery in your esophagus. It's really serious. Um, and so we were, we were working on him and focusing on like the intubation and keeping him alive and then figuring out what was wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the keeping him alive part was so difficult that, you know, he didn't get a scan of his head done for a couple hours. And then we saw the bullet in his face. Um, so that was that was wild. They, you know, he went to surgery before he, they found the bullet. Oh my gosh. And it, you know, it wasn't anything we did wrong. It was just, you just, you know, who would have noticed, who would have thought that I, d- I did notice he had like a little piece, a chunk of skin gone, but you know, he's, he was all cut up anyways. I didn't, D- didn't, didn't see it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've, I had a guy who shot his toe the other day on accident. So like we have like trauma units. It means that we work in the ER and there's also like a separate trauma unit. So they get like the really, really like, you know, motorcycle accidents, the crazy stuff you hear on the news. But like we get what's called the nubs. Um, so if it's like from like, you know, your wrist or your arm down, (laughs) and they're like free game to the ER. So my, my capstone student, she was like, I really want to see a gunshot wound. I'm like, Hun, like we don't really get a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> we get this guy who had accidentally shot his toe. Like he, and this was an accident. Like he was he, just hearing him explain this. I'm pretty sure there were some uh, substances involved beforehand, oh, sure. but oh, sure. like, and it's just the tip of his toe, like is gone. And so we're in there and he's like, I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do about this, but, and he was so funny and so nice. We have just shot like the tip of his toe off and just like the embarrassment people get when like they have to explain stuff to you is just like, 
like unforgettable. Like, oh my gosh. Oh, I can't imagine the explanation for the water bottle or objects up your butt. I can't imagine what that explanation is like. I fell. I walked. Right on it. That was the funniest part. He was, uh, he lived nearby and he walked. And then he had to, we were full and we didn't, you know, he just said he had abdominal pain or something mm-hmm. like that. So. But he knew, he knew, he knew it was wrong. Oh, yeah, he knew. <laughs> he knew pretty quick. But he, uh, yeah, he, I, I, I talked to the triage nurse. And he was like, yeah, he, I guess that was why he wouldn't sit down in a chair. <laughs> that would be way. It would be way. Oh, my gosh. That is crazy. It's the guy up there squatting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I had a patient who was like in for like something totally different. And so we always ask people about like if they smoke, if they drink a lot, or if they do drugs, because there's like it can affect things in your body. Like yeah. I'm not judging, you know, that's not my place, that kind of thing. But I had a little old lady who it was so funny. So I was asking her about it. And she's like, well, I did some substances the other day. I'm like, oh, what'd she do? Like what, what'd she do? She's like, just a little bit of heroin. <laughs> like you're oh my God. And I was like, oh what? <laughs> I mean, at least it's just a little bit, like, you know. <laughs> That's what I said. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of heroin. And I was like, oh I'm just sitting here like, oh, my gosh, Grandma, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would say, too. I'd be like, Grandma, what the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, my god. She's like, it was just a little bit. It's okay. And I'm like, no. <laughs> You're like, oh, my. Do you have to keep a straight face when they say this? Or are you, like, like, you kind of like. The masks help. The masks mask oh, help. Mask, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure the masks would help. I would be terrible. I think even with my mask, I'd be like. <laughs> yeah, terrible. Oh my gosh. Okay. I don't know what, how this is a kind of it's not in a, that inappropriate. It's just like old men hitting on a you type of like story. <laughs> happens all, <laughs> happens all the time. Oh I'm sure. Right, older man who we had to put a catheter in. Um and so that is, you know, a thing that helps you urinate. Um, yep. So I had, it was me and another male nurse. I had him come in there with me to help me out. Um, we were going to put this catheter because he was having trouble peeing. And that's mm-hmm. actually completely unrelated to what he talked to me about. But anyway, so <laughs> go in there and I'm getting all my stuff ready. And he's like kind of flirting with me a little bit, but like old man flirting. So I'm, it's fine. Um, so he was like saying like, he was like, I was in the war, you know? And I was like, oh, where are you? And he's like, yeah, I was shot. I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's cool. I'm glad you lived in all the things. Um, and he was like, yeah, I have, I have a bullet wound, actually. And I was like, cool, okay. And he's like, here, let me show you. And he lifts up his shirt, and he shows me. He's got, like, a little bullet wound, like, on his chest or whatever, you know, or, like, under his ribs. I was like, wow, like, glad you survived that. And I'm continuing on with my things. And he goes, okay, I showed you mine. Now you show me yours. Oh, and I just, like, so there was, like, what is happening and the male nurse who's with me starts cracking up like he's dying and i'm like no you're supposed to defend my honor like don't let him say that (laughs) oh my gosh i mean i'm a very sarcastic person anyway so like whenever like the times i've been in the er or when i've had surgery like i always say something sarcastic or like after i tested positive i was writing down pickup lines for if i had to go to the hospital and i was like (laughs) i was like you know just in case like i'm like shortness of breath i just i go in there like how are you feeling like I don't know if it's the COVID or you, but someone's taking my breath away. Oh like, my gosh. I, Shoot, I would just unplug myself and just go up to, like, send me up to heaven. Like, <laughs> I did my jokes, I'm out. Gosh. What would you do? What would you do if someone said that? Like, you got to keep it, like, somewhat. I, I try to keep it positive, like, because I always know, like, what nurses are going through or, like, I, I don't know what you guys are going through, but, like, I know it's, like, a stressful area. So, like, when I had a surgery, like, I had, like, a six-hour procedure, and then, like, they put me in into my room, and, like, the nurse had to come in and check, like, the – where they did like the incisions for this ablation. Like, so it's, it's like around like the groin area. And like, I felt so embarrassed. Like when the nurse had to come and like, help, like help me with the restroom. And I was like, I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I was like, I don't know what to do. I was like, I don't, it was like, I'm going to keep my hands out here. I was like, you do what you have Thomas, I'm not like, I was like, I'm not trying to make any like jokes. I'm not trying to do anything. I was just more like, just quickly, just let's do this quickly. <laughs> just, <you know. laughs> 
Oh my gosh. That's- Honestly, it's so, I feel so bad for the guys who are like our age who have to have me and Stephanie come in and take care of them. Yeah. Like, the little old men, it's fine. The little old people, like, don't care. Even the middle-aged people don't care. But the poor guys our age, like, yeah. they get so embarrassed. And we're just, like, laughing. We're like, we it's fine. We don't care. We it's see nothing- everything. We deal with everything. And oh my unless it's somebody I know, like, I don't know, unless, like, the, the nurse I had was, like, it was someone I knew from Newman, and so, like, oh, oh, oh yeah, God. So I would, sorry. like, I would, like, our groups would hang out together, so, like, I would see her later on, and I would just be, like, wow, she has, she knows so much. <laughs> seen so much. Like, Hi. <laughs> I have told, I have told people, if I come in EMS to my own ER, I'm like, uh-uh, no, none of you are touching me. I would go to Wesley if I needed to. Oh, the same phrase. I, there I, we go. I would know my staff members, I don't want them to see me. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if you, can you say that? Can you be like, hey, look, I, I work there, send me to the other place, because I don't want yeah, to. Yeah, I can yeah. ask, you can ask, you can be like, mm-mm, this is where I'm going, like. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You can. It, they, they, your, your team might actually get a little bit uh, disrespected because they're like, oh, what, they don't think I'm good enough to handle them? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, there's already some shade, like, thrown between the two hospitals and, like, between me and Stephanie in general. Between so the better hospital and the Oh, okay, hospitals. okay. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's so funny. See, uh, one thing, uh, like, I know during, like, right now, especially being flu season, everything going on, like, do you guys have like an uptake of like vitamins or supplements you guys are taking to try to stay like healthy or like what are you guys doing to try to curb getting sick? <laughs> I just try and get sleep. Um, they require a flu shot um, for mm-hmm. staff, and if you don't, you have to wear a mask. I don't really know what that how that's different now with COVID, but um, but so got a flu shot. I usually take like a an everyday vitamin um, and some Flonase every morning, mm-hmm. and that helps me. Mm-hmm. Getting sleep, drinking water, doing normal healthy things like, you know, um, I obviously like believe in vitamins, you know, take a daily vitamin and daily supplement um, and like vitamin C, like, you know, I can, I'm kind of iffy on like how much it truly does, but I'm never against like taking your emergency or whatever. Um, okay. But taking care of yourself, eating healthy, doing all things, getting fresh air, getting like exercise, getting exercise mm-hmm. and like putting mental health in along with your physical health. Um, I think for us, it's a big thing is just taking care of ourselves on the days off um, because the days on are really hard. And like, you know, it's, you don't get a chance to take a break. You don't get a chance to do a lot of like things that are healthy. So um, really taking like today, me and Stephanie have been pretty lazy. We had our day off today. And so we're playing video games. I'm in my sweats right now. I am also in my sweats Um, and refilling our water bottle 10 times and, you know, doing whatever it is like that helps us relax. That helps us stay healthy. And yeah. Yep. De-stress. The way and, and, and like a little bit of heroin. Like, like a little bit of heroin. <laughs> just a little bit. But like, but like, nurse, it's fine. I'm like, oh, what? Why? Oh, my God. That's funny. That is awesome. No, ah, man. Again, we just wanted to say thank you guys, like, you know, for what you guys are doing. Um, here, letting us hear your stories. Tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing because, like I said, honestly, people aren't going to really know what you guys deal with unless they, they hear it. You know, they, they, they hear what you guys are really dealing with on a daily day, day-to-day basis and how you guys are handling COVID, how you guys are handling all your other situations because, again, people don't know. So they're, they're obviously going to, like, like Jordan mentioned, kind of not dehumanize you but also really not respect what you guys do. <laughs> so I think that, that goes a long way with, you know, learning about you guys and learning about what you, your team and what you guys do because that that goes a long way and maybe that changes people perspective on how to treat you guys i hope if there's people out there that you know listen and they kind of was like ah, eh, they kind of just d- disregard hopefully maybe this helps a little bit um so we appreciate you guys you know coming on and you know 
being able to listen to you guys' stories. Yeah, thanks for talking with us. We might have to check in with you guys in a couple months to see how you guys are doing and how everything's <laughs> progressing. Hopefully we'll, we're still nurses. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we just have to be may run away to some foreign island if you can't find us. Um, yeah. That's the okay? Yeah. The next, the next one's going to be like Palm Springs behind you and like some like beach. Some beach? They're going to be on, they're gonna be on the beach. That's just in our yeah. life, guys. We ran away from the world. Yep. yep. You guys have your private island just all by yourself. You're like, we're not even dealing with nobody anymore. Um, you know, I'd be down. So, <laughs> don't give us ideas, guys. The world needs us. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's true, yeah. <laughs> the island needs people too. Like, we... <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. We appreciate you hopping on. This is going to be awesome. Hopefully, this will be out here pretty soon. Well, it should be in the next week or so. So, you guys, if you guys want to listen to yourselves, you guys can. If not, I think that'd be no weird. I don't like the sound of my voice very much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, guys. We appreciate Thank you. you guys. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.